0: welcome to Mindset, an HCD vidcast where we dive into the world of applied consumer neuroscience and market research with leading experts in the field. My name is Michelle Nigella, PhD in Behavioral Neuroscience and Director of Research
1: and Innovation at HCD. And I'm Katherine Ambrose, the Manager of Behavioral and Marketing Sciences with HCD. As your hosts, we are going to act as the buzzkills for the buzzwords, taking time to critically think about the limitations and pitfalls of emerging trends and topics within the field to help you identify what innovation has a lot of untapped potential or is too good to be true.
0: Now, HCD is a full-service research house which provides research capabilities on consumers by looking at how they perceive, evaluate, and respond to different types of stimuli, such as looking at product experiences, communications, or just general consumer and shopper experiences. We use a combination of tools that come from psychology, physiology, neuroscience, as well as the traditional methods that people typically use to see how they experience different stimuli. That stimuli can range from the early stages of exploration all the way through the final product validation tests. This is what we refer to as
1: applied consumer neuroscience. So, stick around for more curious conversations as we chat our way through the ever evolving space of consumer science. Hi everybody and welcome back we're so excited to have a lovely guest with us that I've actually had the pleasure of being a student with as well as a you know helping her out this summer so today we have Farah with us Farah, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and share a little bit about your background
2: Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me today. Um, And like Catherine said, I'm uh, in the Masters of Behavioral Decision and Sciences program with her at the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm really interested in consumer behavior. And so I was really excited to work with HCD this summer and um, do a research project related to that.
0: Yeah, this has been really exciting for us at HCD, uh, getting to work with UPenn and the decision science students, uh, Catherine and I actually had a really good time coming up with the uh, research questions. And um, you know, in that we wanted to find something of course that could be done in a short amount of time because it's an internship, right? So it's a short amount of time, but also something that would be relevant to the current times and exciting and interesting for the students. Um, So Catherine, I don't know if you wanna launch into a little bit of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like Michelle said, we were really trying to come up with different ideas for things that would be interesting and relevant for the students. And it's really important that it was something that could be applicable and um, really timely with what, you know, people are talking about and what people are interested in. And
0: particularly for, you know, the internship purposes for the program purposes to get a little bit of information about the program. It is about decision sciences, right? So it's behavioral economics and behavioral sciences and really thinking about what influences people's decision-making and what is on everybody's mind right now, uh,
1: these days in this past, you know, 18 months or so it's COVID. right? It's the vaccines. So we thought it would be a really great idea to try to maybe look at some of the tools that we use, um, in our wheelhouse and see what the consumer driven perceptions actually are. So trying to get an understanding of people's thoughts on, you know, what what do they like about the vaccines? And at least here in the US, we only have three vaccines available right now. So there was the Moderna, Pfizer, and the J&J, J- Johnson and Johnson vaccines. So we thought that it would be really interesting to really get an understanding of those consumer perceptions. But I do wanna let- well, we've
0: also um, had a lot of hesitancy around vaccines. Right. Um, so that really is the crux of the behavioral part of the question,
1: right? Absolutely. And Farah, did you notice that too? Like what drew you to being interested in this when you had your, you know, options? List. Of- yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah um, I know I've said this a few times and you also just mentioned this, but really how relevant it is right now. Um, so even for like, for the master's program, I did everything online and now I'm graduating. So it changed my life and everyone else's life so much. Um, So I thought it'd be interesting to do research on it, especially because the vaccines had just really started picking up um, when I was deciding on a project. And so it was just very relevant right now. And I hope people get vaccinated. So I was just interested in actually understanding what people think about them.
0: I think a big part of the program uh, at UPenn has been about um, sort of policy and really when it has to do with like public health almost like really thinking about the decisions that health consumers make, right? And I think that was really, you know, again, the crux of this research uh, question is given that there is vaccine hesitancy, what are some things that we should all be thinking about um, a better understanding the hurdles that consumers are faced with?
1: Absolutely. So Farah, can you just walk us through a little bit of the, you know, we, we spent a lot of time working together on the design of this and how we wanted to approach it. Can you talk a bit about what we decided to implement and, you know, maybe just share a little bit for, for everyone to, to hear a little bit about uh, insight into that process.
2: Yeah, so um, we studied the three uh, authorized vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine brands in the US right now. So those are Pfizer, um, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna. And we conducted two IRTs or implicit reaction tests um, on those brands. And so one was related to emotional associations, while the other was related to the brand association. So uh, how did they feel about the specific COVID-19 vaccine brands versus how the uh, vaccines actually make them feel?
0: So how do you um, think that was um, useful? So use like just to interject there to get a better idea of why this approach as opposed to just asking people in general surveys, um, what was sort of the, the purpose you think of using the implicit approach uh, in understanding these vaccine brand uh, perceptions? Um, so
2: so we actually did have the one part where we uh, measured people's explicit uh, um, reactions or, I guess, uh, attitudes towards the brands, and those differed a little bit from the implicit ones from the IRTs, so I think that just reaffirmed that you should do both because you may get different data, um, just because when people are taking the IRTs and clicking the button really fast, they may not be thinking about it as Uh, intently as they are when they're doing the explicit test and so I think you get a different picture into people's perceptions that way.
0: So for the the listeners um, to better understand what happened in the process for the participants um, when you talk about clicking so they had the brand let's say Johnson & Johnson the brand logo come up and then they had to match it with the words so like what were some of the words that you used to test?
2: Um, things like available, uh, normal, safe, um, and also uh, like hesitant, I think, or happy, disappointed. Just different words to see how they feel about the, or ha- what they think about the br- uh, brands and then how they make uh, the participants
0: feel. And, and then the just- faster they click, the stronger the association. So it's a reaction time test because we're measuring how quickly they respond, that they agree that the word available matches Johnson and Johnson. Mm
1: -hmm. And what made you, as you were going through the process, decide to use these words? I know we had a lot of conversations because choosing the words is such an important part of any type of implicit test that you're running. What, what was important about looking into, you know, the safety of it, looking into maybe hesitancy and availability. Why, Why did you choose these specific words?
2: Uh, A lot of it was related to what the media was portraying or what was really relevant at that time. So the media was talking about whether people have access to the vaccines, whether they're um, available, whether they're being distributed equitably and um, if people are hesitant to get them and things like that. And so since that's what I was seeing and what everyone else is seeing or hearing on the news, I thought it'd be interesting to study those words and see if people actually um, associate the brands with them or feel that way in real life.
1: Absolutely, and what did you find?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, we did find that for the explicit attitude, so just asking people to describe the brands in one word that they described um, Moderna and Pfizer as safe. And then for the implicit attitude, so from the IRT that um, Moderna and Pfizer were described as available and normal and safe but Johnson and Johnson was associated with more negative attributes um, like angry or disappointed or scared. And uh, so in general, Johnson and Johnson was perceived to be significantly um, associated with significantly more um, negative attributes than uh, Moderna and Pfizer and unvaccinated participants specifically were hesitant and scared of all of the vaccine
0: brands. So it didn't seem to matter as much you think, to the unvaccinated people, what brand it was, they were going to have the same perceptions sort of regardless?
2: Yeah, but in, but when you look at the data holistically, the overall um, J&J had more negative perceptions and it wasn't um, strongly associated with any one attribute, uh, whereas Pfizer and Moderna were associated with those positive attributes like available, normal, and
0: safe. So we're still dealing with the pandemic, right? And so, when you get results like this, the goal is really to, you know, especially when we're talking about public health and and policy and how you can um, work with participant and consumer perceptions into actions, right? So, I know you thought about some recommendations given information like this. What do you think would help encourage vaccinations now that, you know, we're getting resurgences? you know, particularly with the Delta variant and uh, health officials are obviously very concerned about making sure more people are getting vaccinated. So what do you think a study like this can, can help uh, with that case?
2: Um, so I do have some ideas on further research um, that can be conducted, but based on this study. So I mentioned earlier that Moderna and Pfizer were associated with these positive traits like normal and safe. And so I think highlighting those traits of the vaccines may help uh, increase vaccination adoption or maybe lead to a path of understanding them more um, and associating them with those emotional traits that... Uh, If you get vaccinated, maybe you can safely socialize again and then create these new memories versus just telling people to get vaccinated for other people or don't be selfish and get vaccinated. That may not be an effective way to motivate people, but maybe um, relating it to them and their personal lives and telling them how it can improve their personal circumstances may actually make a difference. And we already saw that Moderna and Pfizer were associated with these positive attributes.
1: Absolutely. And as you were looking at these, and you've touched on it a bit, but were there any really surprising moments as you were going through this research, any aha moments that really stuck out to you that maybe surprised you um, about what you saw people's reactions were?
2: Um, For the most part, no, because the media has been portraying J&J or the J&J vaccine in a negative light and so I didn't think it was surprising to see that J&J was associated with these negative attributes. Um, I guess it was a little bit surprising to see that unvaccinated participants were hesitant and scared of all of them and so it wasn't concentrated on one brand so we could see that it doesn't matter who's approved in the US, it's just that there's hesitancy surrounding all of them. Um, and so that's one of the recommendations that more research needs to be conducted on unvaccinated participants. But so I think that was a little uh, surprising and that that can be further explored, but, but overall the J and J being associated with the negative attributes and Moderna and Pfizer with the positive, I think is what was expected based on what we see in the media.
0: So what is your focus in the program? Um, what is your area of interest or that you hope to bring into your next role um, now that you're finishing up, um, you know, kind of taking into consideration the work that you did on your internship, the things that you learned in the program, um, are you interested in things like policy Are what sort of um, realm of behavioral science are you most interested in?
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm specifically really interested in consumer behavior um, and specifically for retail and CPG firms. So just thinking about those really huge firms like P&G or Unilever and Uh, just retail firms, so maybe, or even firms like Walmart or Kroger and just seeing why consumers do what they do. Why did they buy what they do? Or why did they buy what they buy? Or like, why did they act the way that they act and how um, companies can more effectively attract consumers, retain them and encourage them to purchase
0: items from them. And just uh, studying all of that, I think is really interesting. So when you think about what you've learned in the program, um, and what you've learned in this internship, you know, cause I think a lot of times people think of internships as being kind of that real world experience, right? That you can take and, you know take what you've learned academically and start to apply it or learn other skills that you're gonna apply when you move into your next position. Um, do you see overlap? Uh, were there things that were different and how does that shape your view now that you're finishing and you're moving on? Yeah, I definitely see overlap. So
2: obviously, the study was more related to public health, um, whereas I'll be focusing more on CPG and retail, like I mentioned earlier. But I think the the biggest takeaway from the program is just, I mean, specifically related to consumer behavior, just that um, oftentimes people don't, do things intentionally or it just happens and so it's not an intentional act to buy something or we don't know why we're doing something and I think this study reaffirmed that with the differing explicit and implicit attitudes and um, and so I think that's related to that and I just like further or I would enjoy further exploring that um, in my new role especially related to why do people purchase what they purchase or why do they do what they do. Um, Because it's just interesting to see if people aren't doing it intentionally, why are they doing it or do they know why they're doing it?
1: Yeah, it's very interesting, especially, I I do think that there is a little bit of relatability between what you looked at in this internship, as well as what your personal interests are, because a lot of people have associations with Johnson & Johnson say, not just as a vaccine distributor, but also as the brand, as, you know, the the um, home care brand that gives you baby lotion and things like that so keeping that in mind that they are connected because you know it's part of the um, name brand so if you're going to put your name on it as a vaccine provider if something was to happen that may have a ripple effect into how people view their other products as well so you know, you kind of look at that in comparison to something like Pfizer, where Pfizer feels a little bit more focused in the pharmaceutical realm. And, you know, that could also that play a big influence point.
0: on, you know, Johnson Johnson has been under a lot of fire for different lawsuits, like with talc and with the baby powder and sunscreens, etc. cetera. Um, and yet their pharma division is actually called Janssen. And they went with branding the vaccine with Johnson & Johnson instead of the... Pharma, you know, brand Janssen, um, so it could have been called the Janssen vaccine, right? And you got to wonder, would that have changed perceptions? Any, what do you, what do you think, Farah?
2: Um, so it seems like nobody could have foreseen the negative press that they would receive or the reactions that people would have to the vaccine. So it seems like they they decided to go with the JJ name because it's more more well known, and since there was already vaccine hesitancy, maybe they thought the um, well-known brand would encourage people to uh, get the vaccine. And so I think, I mean, I, I guess either way, if it was Janssen or J&J with the reactions people had or with the um, hesitancy, I think it would have received bad press either way because people were scared of uh, blood clots or whatever other issues. And so I just think it's unfortunate that it may have damaged the J&J brand name and, and not just the Janssen.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, You bring up a really good point about how, you know, either way you go, there is, they took a big risk by deciding to go with the Johnson and Johnson name versus Janssen, since there is a lot of uncertainty still surrounding, you know, COVID-19. And we've been in this for well over a year now. So as they are, you know, really trying and and for a while, especially uh, back in the fall of 2020, it did seem a bit like a rat race to see who could get the first vaccine out because there was all this (laughs) hype around it. And a lot of people saw that as, you know, the golden ticket. So, you know, that definitely played a role in, you know, we always say context is key. So it makes sense (laughs) in that time. Yeah. And that's an interesting point too, Um, something
0: that I think can be really important when you're doing like a branding study, whether it is more in consumer products or it is something like these vaccine, things change over time, perceptions change over time because something happens, right? So if news comes out about uh, a Johnson's product um, that's unrelated to the vaccine portion of the company but the brand image can have negative impact or positive impact on perceptions of other products, right? Um, So, you know, one thing that might be interesting is being able to look at these things over time. If we ran this study several times during the past year and continued to run the study, it might be interesting to track those changes, basically brand tracking, right? Yeah, and and
2: something you just mentioned uh, about how it information's changing or how guidelines are changing maybe. It's just that I saw that the CDC recommended a few days ago that that vaccinated um, people start wearing masks again, in, at least in areas where the uh, transmission rate of COVID is high. And so I think things like that may actually dissuade people from getting vaccinated because they may think oh, well, you got vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask, it didn't work anyway. So well, I think all of the uncertainty and also how the guidelines keep changing and the rules keep changing may dissuade people. So it would have been interesting to do it over time and see how people reacted uh, in real time.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Especially now that they're talking about the need for boosters and et cetera, um, you know, what does that mean for people's perceptions?
1: Right. It's clear that this is an issue that's not going away yeah. anytime soon. That's the one certain thing that we know <laughs> is this isn't going away. And that's but, science, right? I mean, exactly. science isn't
0: absolute. You learn things uh, and you add them to your repertoire. Um, so, I guess in thinking about that, if you had all the money and time in the world, um, everything that you would need at any moment at your disposal, what would you potentially do with this study?
2: Uh, so I would, I would, I wish I could make it a two-part study. So I have all these questions from the first part of um, why are unvaccinated participants uh, hesitant, or why does J and J have these specific perceptions from unvaccinated participants versus everyone? And so I wish I could have done a two-part study to ask people why they had these perceptions or why they thought what they did, um, and then. I think it also would have been interesting to ask people how they, how they learned of the vaccines or where they had been receiving their information or if they hadn't, if they sought it out, or if they just decided not to learn anything and get vaccinated. Um, I think that would have been helpful now that we know, or we expected hesitancy, but now that we actually have the data confirming that, um, and that that's about all I can think of right
1: now. Yeah. Honestly, Farah, if you did your research, that's a sign that you did research really well. If you end the research with more questions than you started with, because that's always, (laughs) always what happens.
0: Not always the case that you want when you're doing client work. So when you move into industry, they actually want like a, you know, an actionable result that they can do something right now. But I think, you know, it is absolutely means you're doing the right thing. If it gets you excited and makes you want to know more. Um, so I think you did a really great job here, um, yeah. And I'm really excited for what you're going to do next because this program is has been really exciting. Um, being able to work with the students has been really exciting. What are your overall thoughts on you know maybe the program as well as you know the internship uh, idea?
2: Uh,
0: so I think, like I
2: mentioned earlier, the the internship idea was fun because it's so relevant right now. And like I said, the after I presented. Um, Maybe it was the day I presented this week, but just how the guidelines changed again. And so everything mm-hmm. was, has been changing, keeps changing. I don't know if places are going to close again or if we need to wear masks. And so I think it's really interesting to study something that's so relevant that's affecting so many people. Because if I think back in time, or at least while I've been alive, I don't know what else I would have studied that's been so relevant to <laughs> so at one time. So I think it's a really good opportunity to have that. Um, and from the program, like I said, and so I'm glad I've had the program to give me the opportunity to do this internship. Um, and then also just studying more about consumer behavior um, and, and just learning more about like why people act the way they do.
0: One thing I would add that's really fun about being in this type of research, uh, particularly on the consumer behavior side, when you're thinking of consumer products that you might see in a grocery store, uh, is that you can go into the grocery store for your own shopping and find products that you've either worked on or that you recognize the tricks that people are doing. Right. So you see like a package change and you're like, oh, I know what they did there. Or you see an advertisement <laughs> on TV and you're like, oh, my re- research was looking into that, you know? So I think that'll be really fun and exciting for you as a next step
2: that um that actually recently just happened i I worked on a project during the program and then i saw that the brand had changed something and so i sent it to, to my team and i said look i think that's one of our ideas and so we got really excited because we hadn't heard about it it ended a few months ago and then we saw something in the news and then i said i think
0: that's related to what we suggested yeah that's fun because you know sometimes on the research side you don't always hear that something's been implemented that's usually more the marketing team, right? They they take things and put it into action, uh, so you don't necessarily know that it's been implemented until you accidentally come across it. So, which is always fun and
1: exciting. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today, and you know, sharing the summer with us, and you know, spending time looking into vaccine perception, vaccine brand perceptions. It is such a relevant and timely topic. Is there any last thoughts that you want to share before before we sign off for today? Uh,
2: just again, thank you for giving me the opportunity to study this and for help both of you for helping me this summer and meeting with me every week and and helping me get this data and present it and, and just giving me the chance to talk about it. So thank you again.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, this was fun for us too. and really informative. Uh, you know, I, I really think it has a place. Um, so wishing you the best of luck and let's definitely stay in touch.
1: Yep. And if anybody is interested, there are more episodes of season three coming out. So be sure to, you know, leave a comment, like it, share it with a friend, share it with some of Farrah's friends, you know, just <laughs> spread the word.
0: <laughs> yeah. We love to hear about it. And of course there will be uh, write-ups um, available on the blog. So please visit the website hcdi.net for more information. But of course, feel free to reach out with any questions.
1: All right. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Thank you.